Hello, I'm your host Ben and you're listening to Your Career Kit, brought to you by Employment for Students, a podcast where we share the best career tips and advice as well as bringing you industry professionals to share their inspiring stories to help kickstart and further your career. For more information as well as student jobs, head to e4s.co.uk. Welcome back to another episode of Your Career Kit. Plan tomorrow before you finish today is a fantastic line from today's guests, which I think we can all resonate with, and they're in fact a returning guest. Speaking with us back in October, we spoke about securing a university placement, but today he is joining us to give us a review slash a rundown of completing a placement during a pandemic as he has just finished last week. We hear the day-to-day task and the structure of his placement, but we also hope to cover any thoughts any of you listening may have around completing a placement, internship, or even apprenticeships remotely. Let's dive into it and welcome back Curtis Betteridge. Good afternoon, Curtis. Thank you for joining me once again on the podcast. How have you been? Oh, thank you for having me. I've I've been very well, thank you. I've been very busy. I'm sure you have as well. How how have you been? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Yeah, it's just sort of same as everyone, you know, lockdown's slowly coming to an end so we've got lots to look forward to um but now we're getting there aren't we we are so we previously caught up in october in 2020 um and we discussed securing a placement so you'd sort of only been in your placement for a few weeks um you were a sales and marketing executive at the progress shed which is based in Froome, which is not far from where we live um you're all finished now aren't you how's that been yeah, yeah, I'm all finished. Um, it's been an experience. I think it's one way to put it. I think with all the challenges we faced sort of going through the year from October all the way up till to now, you know, with the pandemic and everything still being present, it's quite hard for a small business to to overcome those struggles. But we worked quite well as a team to overcome. We had to sort of identify the issues and sort of firefight our way to making sure the business survived, making sure the business came through the other side. Um, but the whole process has been really eye-opening, I think, into the world of, of smaller business in terms of the different roles that even the people higher up have in the day-to-day operations. I think that was the biggest thing is that they were very, they were very involved with helping not just myself, but the other members of staff we had come in and unfortunately leave in the time I was there to understand what our roles were and sort of guide us along that sort of route. And we'll speak about that sort of pandemic response in a way um, later in the episode. But like you mentioned there, working for a small business compared to your large corporate organisations, I guess you get to see sort of the more of the daily ins and outs because you're literally what sat across the room from sort of management. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can distinctly remember that, you know, the marketing manager needed help with with a task and I was operating underneath, underneath them. And so I was able to just do that because as much as we were a small team and I was only sort of in the executive role, I was still involved with the quite big processes such as I was involved with a marketing plan, making a rolling marketing plan with what we were going to advertise, what we were going to send to our clients to, to add, to advertise to them of what we're doing as we come out of lockdown and the different things we had planned. Yeah. And I guess it's that one thing, isn't it? You want to be able to go into university placement or an internship, for example, or even a, an apprenticeship as we mentioned later you want to be able to go into that now and you actually get in that experience out of it and you actually get to get hands-on with the, the daily tasks because you, you need to get the most out of an apprenticeship or apprenticeship sorry a placement don't you yeah definitely like it, the, the understanding of 
the real world as much as university is fantastic I, lo- I love it I can't wait to go back and finish my degree but it really shows you what it takes to succeed in, in business in the real world and how these skills you pick up throughout you know the first jobs you have can translate quite well into a sort of full-time role oh yeah i mean we could have you on for a whole other episode speaking about you know the transferable skills you learned your first part-time job whether it be in a shop or a bar you know it's everything sort of links together but i quite want to touch on your uh, application for this job because yeah. we previously mentioned it back in october like i said but you did kind of a bit of a speculative application the fact that they weren't actually hiring for a placement student but you know you you just thought i'm gonna go in and ask the question are you doing a placement you know can you cater this for a placement student and it, it worked for you how do you think that sort of changed their plans in a way do you think that was because of course they said yes but was that sort of a shock to them do you reckon well I've had a couple of conversations with Joe, who was my manager and about this process uh, she was very um complimentary on on the fact that I was so outgoing when 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 showing my availability and she sort of said it amongst the team amongst our clients and sort of mentioned whenever my name got brought up about how I came to be working there um just searching for a placement um and LinkedIn was a very massive was a very big tool in in getting this role and um she commented her the, the number for the business I rang them about 20 minutes later and sort of told them a little bit about myself my position where trying to find a placement in a global pandemic is a little bit more difficult than, <laughs> than your standard time understatement um, yeah yeah and um no they were really sort of happy with that and that was the sort of person they wanted in that business someone that was outgoing someone that was willing to do a little bit more to try and secure that place and having you know it was first of all started off as actually being a job then you you yourself turned into a placement what was the structure like of that actual placement throughout the year and also we'll look in a minute on sort of the day-to-day tasks you did yeah so starting off on that sort of so I'll go back to the university side of things it was reduced from a 30 week mandatory to a 15 week mandatory so that took me up to Christmas more or less Mm -hmm. Um, and they were happy to extend so I stayed there for a further few months up until this point and and worked in a different role as as I'm sure we'll get on to a little bit later after Christmas my role changed but knowing that they wanted to keep me there after my meeting with my placement coordinator and my manager was really good for my confidence going forward it made me think yeah okay I can do this it was a little bit of a struggle at first adapting again but you keep working hard at something you're gonna you're gonna achieve what you want to achieve yeah and uh, just just want to ask you, you said about sort of after Christmas it changed was that yep. because you said that you sort of came to the end of that placement arrangement there like we want to keep you on um not necessarily originally the the plan was to have me working in the same sort of role the sales and marketing for a business coaching practice um but they took a decision to move from the coaching side of things to the recruitment side of things that way they were able to survive and things were going on behind the scenes that influenced them to make that decision and so i became more of a recruitment marketer and recruitment resourcer than sales and marketing sort of flat on that side yeah and was there any points through you know, both after Christmas or before Christmas, were you thrown like right into the deep end at anything? Was there anything you just thought, thought or sort, sort of took you back and thought, oh, this is sort of not what I was expecting or beyond my capabilities? 
Uh, definitely. I think, you know, you go into a placement and they want you to operate in the same way that they do. And when you've gone from not working as such for more or less a year, especially with a lot of time off from uni when we got sent home in March of 2020, you are expected to catch up quite quickly. Um, and, you know, you get chucked into the deep end, like you say, but when you get chucked into the deep end, you learn to swim. So yeah. <laughs> catching up to what they expected me to do, it took a little bit of time. But once I had a basic understanding, I was able to roll with that and, mm. and keep sort of improving my own skill set, which, which helped them. Yeah, and I, I guess you sort of speaking about university, sort of needing to adapt to the workplace. You still need to be thinking about university at a placement, don't you? It wasn't until you put, um, you put, uh, I saw you post something about you actually finished your sort of placement assignment the other day that I sort of remembered, oh yeah, you've actually got to, <laughs> it's not just yeah. a year away from you and you still got to sort of touch base with them, haven't you? Because a lot, a lot of placements you'll have the, your tutor or a representative from the uni come and check on you. Did you have any of that? And what was that actual assignment like? Yeah, so so um, due to the circumstances, we couldn't physically have my placement coordinator come and visit. So we had Zoom meetings to, to catch up. And I had one just before I'd finished my placement, sort of one-on-one -on -one with them to explain you know, how the whole process had been. Mm -hmm. um, and you're constantly looking out for these little tasks that you do or projects that you do that hit the expected learning outcomes for university and how you can then translate that to the coursework that I had to hand in. Um, that was great, actually. I really enjoyed reflecting on the year that I'd had because it made you remember things like, oh, I, I forgot about that, but that was really beneficial. And it yeah. really helped yeah. you to get into the right position for work in the future and sort of your future career. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? You, you've always got to have that outward look of, you know, this whole idea of doing a placement is to help your career, isn't it? And I guess it's quite nice that you say that you can actually look back and think, oh, I did that and that's going to be really beneficial to me. Were there any, we, we spoke about sort of being thrown in the deep end, but were there any sort of standout challenges along the way throughout your entire placement that you sort of, you look back on and think that was horrible, but I've learned so much from it? Definitely. Um, I can remember one instance is that, so just after new year coming back into the office we wanted to offer a service for social media for one of our clients and being the i don't want, I don't want it to sound like i'm you know the expert on it but with the people i was working with i had a bit of a better understanding of how social media worked and what you needed to do within that sort of space to get the results and so i managed to secure a deal and i managed to sell a product to uh, one of our clients, which was massive, um, helped me with my negotiation, communication skills, because you learn the right things to say, the right things to avoid saying going forward. And if I was ever in that position again in the future, I'd take a few lessons away from from what we did. Um, that project was originally meant to be three months. And we, in the first month, managed to get three leads for our client through Instagram, which wow. he'd never tried before. Mm -hmm. And I think two of them became sales for him yeah. so it was a success in our eyes however there were other factors in play that maybe weren't hit and then the contract sort of ended after one month which was a shame but from that whole experience and the lead up and the creation of that project I've learned so much and as much as it was difficult and hard to get over you know when, when you originally have a plan for it to be sort of medium term and then it yeah. just sort of stops you learn a few things from that and that's something that I'll take forward in going to my career. Was this your first sort of 
project where you sort of it, it was your project you took full ownership of it in a workplace yeah what was that how, how did you find that experience in terms of you know you are literally being told this is what you're doing go for it yeah it was it was good um the reason I sort of was so quick to accept my offer uh, in September to work for the progress shed was because there was a large amount of creative license given to me for the marketing side. Yeah. Um, working on this project, being told it was my own sort of property. I, I, I relished that, that sort of, what's the word? Just the chance to, to be able to do that for someone, to, one of our clients and to prove I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember a conversation with uh, one of the sort of, directors and they said right do you want me to have this call to sell it to them or do you want to do it yourself and I said yeah. well I want to do it myself I've done the I've done 90% of this I want to close it yeah and I closed it and that was a, an amazing feeling yeah I was working from home as well so it's really difficult when you're separated from the office and it was sort of backwards and form I had zoom on the laptop I was calling the client on my phone mm-hmm. um and I was like right let me go back to one party or another and yeah and managed to sort that out but it was it wasn't easy I'll be yeah, honest definitely not. now you, you said about you know being away from the office what it's you know it's such a huge thing over the past what 15 months now especially for a lot of businesses because I think you were in and out of the office weren't you there was never sort of your set work from home your set you know work in the office it was kind of mix, mix and match for you wasn't it what what was that like onboarding into a business during a pandemic? Because I think you were in the office when you first joined. Yeah, so so I was in the office for the majority of the time, really. I remember I was, uh, the only times I wasn't in the office is when I was doing sort of training from home and sort of courses from home mm-hmm. or they were doing an event and I didn't necessarily need to be in the office so I could do my work from home. Yeah. Um, so say like 95% of the time I was working with them at the office and it was great because again, that's something that's been missing for a lot of companies is that culture in the workplace. And yeah. I think without being able to work with them, I would have missed out on what their values were, what, what their mission statement was and, and what made them tick. And that helps when working on their work. Of course it does, because you want to work to how they expect things to be done, as well as add your own creative stuff, of course. Yeah, definitely. I think it's quite an important thing you say about understanding the business that you're working for, their values and their, their mission, things like that, because it's not something you can necessarily pick up from a job application, whether it be sort of their website. You can get a general sort of vague idea, but it's just so hard to actually judge that because I remember my first day, um for for e4s when i you know hopped on a a video call and you're sort of trying to suss everyone out thinking oh Lord, like what's this like and it's it does take a while when you're sort of doing it from home um yeah. so i definitely think sort of when you're in the office you, you pick that up almost in that in that first week don't you definitely definitely and so the, the times you were then i, I say <laughs> not sent home but you were you know everyone was taken out of the office you were working from home what is what's that experience like for you were, were you was there any times where you're thinking, right, this is horror working from home? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I think I'd had a little bit of experience in the past, you know, before the, before the pandemic, um, in between my first and second year of university, I was working um, at the Wiltshire Council and they had designated days where you could work from home. And I think it was there to sort of increase that work-life balance and make it a little bit more in the favour of of not being as strenuous mm-hmm. but I I can't click with it I, I don't know what it is I think 
there's so many natural distractions at home where you know if you if you finished a task necessarily and you know you're not going to have a chance to catch up with someone it's really hard to be like right what do I do next because as well you might not even have the same equipment that you need that's at the office yeah um, so it's always a bit and, and you don't want to interrupt what's going on there or, or with another employee by calling them every five minutes to check what you should be doing <laughs> yeah um, but it's it's an experience that, that's something i can say definitely we'll quickly take a side step and we'll maybe hopefully be able to give some tips to some students listening to this what what would you give your general sort of tips for students if they're working from home this summer in an internship heading into an apprenticeship or a, a university placement what's your sort of best tips and your number one advice to sort of keeping organized on top of your work yeah i think it's not look people work in different ways better than than some people may work better surrounded by their colleagues other people may work a little bit more individually better mm-hmm. um i think the best piece of advice i could have is to make sure your workspace is tidy with a tidy oh, yeah, workspace definitely. tidy mind you can focus on what you need to do um and even to an extent make sure like you don't have 50,000 tabs open because you'll never know which one you need to click on <laughs> to get back to what you were doing yeah. so having you know your technology all set up and and looking tidy physical workspace being tidy and maybe put your phone on do not disturb i felt that was quite helpful oh yeah definitely yeah i think my you know i second everything you said and i think my sort of second top tip as well was use lists for everything so i'm always in there and meeting sort of jotting everything down even those the little comments that you think oh i might not need that later you, you might need those later because you know if someone's saying them they're, they're normally quite important because definitely, definitely. i know there was time sort of I, I learned the hard way in a way because at the start uh back in uh when did i start it would have been july when i first started the morning meetings i sort of only pick up the key details and sort of it would literally be a sentence of like five words or something but then it would come to actually doing the work later and you sort of question think uh, like what do I do so I think especially in that respect as well make sure you're sort of always asking questions while should while someone's there with you because like I said the last thing you want to do is feel like because it, it's not the reality of it, but it, the way it feels isn't it is that you're just ringing up your boss and buggering them sort of every two minutes yeah I think definitely I had a little notepad that I, well it was like a little little leather bound book that I had um to take with me for my placement just to jot down everything and every day I kept a little log of what I'd done that way I, when it came to making the writing up the coursework I knew okay so there was that that experience right we'll put that in and explain what skills I learned from that sort of real world application and how you can then translate that to uni- university sort of objectives and things but yeah the list side of things is, is huge that's something I picked up a little bit too late on into my experience but I remember yeah. um my director was like right here's a to-do list make a list at the end of every day for tomorrow plan plan tomorrow before you, you finish today was always his sort of mantra yeah and yeah. make sure you know what you're doing when you come into the office because then that will help you be so much more productive I think as well it's, it helps you start the day off properly doesn't it because the last thing you want to do is you're either get into the office or you know you sit down at your desk ready for a working day and as soon as you sit down and you're ready and if you then pause and you have to stop that sort of that that first hour feels a little bit wasted because you are having to sort of chase your tail a little bit so sort of being prepared and making sure you know exactly what you're doing when you, you're sat down can 100% set you up for a good day because I find that personally I know it might not be for everyone else but personally, that first hour of the day sets out what your whole day is going to be like. Because if you have a first, good first hour of the day, sort of 
coffee is getting you going, you're going to be absolutely fine. But if it's sluggish, it, it sort of sets the tone, really, doesn't it? Completely, completely agree. And in terms of your your placement, was the support always present for you? And how did that work? Because you, you mentioned how you had it with university, but in terms of the actual work workplace itself, what was that like? Yeah, I think in terms of support, when, when we were there in the office, it was very present. Um, being able to have that help when needed was something that I, again, picked up a little bit too late. I always thought, OK, if I was just sort of soldier on and, and try and get these tasks done without asking for help then they'll be more impressed that's not the case ask for help whenever you need it because as soon as you encounter a problem ask right am i doing this right can you help me it it always it strengthens the bond between the employees and things like that um but when working from home they will be regular calls as much as i made a joke about uh, not wanting to call them every five minutes it would be helpful because they just know a little bit more than you do and of course that's their job they've worked there for many more years when when you start yeah, I think one thing I always tell myself as well is that there's times where you do feel like oh, I can't do this, but I don't want to bother anyone because I don't know, you know, I might feel stupid. But yeah, there's a reason that there's so many different functions in a business, even within, you know, both of us doing marketing, is that there's someone else who knows what to do. And if you knew how to do everything, then, you know, you, you probably wouldn't be in this position, would you? you you'd be in a complete, you may, might be doing, you know, I don't know, like you might have your own business, for example, but it's yeah. it's so unlikely that you about you will be able to do everything and I think it's just understanding that and understanding that there's people with more experience more qualifications than you but you also need to learn from them as well because the advice that they give you will stick with you yeah there's no such thing as a stupid question no definitely not it might feel stupid we all know how it feels sort of be in a university lecture theatre or a tutorial and you feel like you're asking a stupid question but no because you'll feel even more stupid when you walk out the room or you you finish work and you realize you haven't done the task correctly or to good quality or at all just because you were afraid of that 10 seconds that it takes to ask the question yeah now might be a little bit of a difficult question because you you did start working for um uh, the progress shared during the pandemic but you previously worked in a an office environment pre-pandemic were there any sort of differences between uh, apart from the obvious you know social distancing for example were there any sort of key differences between the two sort of pre and post covid workplaces um great question um yeah put you on the spot there haven't i yeah a little bit (laughs) Um, that's probably difficult because they were two completely well three different organizations weren't they um two different ones beforehand i I was working in it was a lot more it's hard to say i feel like the first one i worked in over over in bath was a lot more relaxed actually um that that environment was very I'll sort of do what you want when you can, but we don't set deadlines and stuff. But when I was working for the progress shed, there was definitely deadlines for things, Mm -hmm. especially when I, as I mentioned earlier with that project, getting these posts ready to go out, getting the campaign ready to go out for that. Um, When we had these planning days that the guys would, would run, it was always about, right, we've got this pack to send to people, make sure we've got all of this. It was a lot more structured and a lot more organized. Um, I think that's probably the key difference is that their sort of expect the expe- expectations will vary wherever you work um mm-hmm. and it's about finding the ones that suit your best working style i think yeah and, and having worked in uh, such uh, trying to find the best way to word it isn't it having worked in a pre-covid sort of environment and a post-covid environment well, i say post-covid we're, we're still in it almost what, mate what, almost yeah what, what's the advice you would give to students because a lot of these students who were starting whether it be in july or september 
we'll be doing a mixture of sort of face-to-face or online because you know a lot of businesses are adopting the sort of a hybrid approach and where there's so much uncertainty you know even though we're sat here with what just over two weeks to go until restrictions are supposedly lifted on the 21st of June Um, there's still a lot of uncertainty and I think that's quite unsettling for a lot of students because it's just so uncertain I think when you when you know exactly what you're doing that first day sort of you've maybe two three years ago you've applied months in advance you've got that aspect if you know you're looking forward to walk into the the office with the doors wide open that first day but I think a lot of students not robbed of that experience but I think when you can't look forward to it until you know suddenly restrictions are announced potentially two weeks beforehand it's quite a horrible thought isn't it it is um in terms of advice and and things to to do with that hybrid I think be vocal make sure your opinion is heard because that's that's so important not only for you know making your own opinions come across and make sure that you sort of make a good impression with with your own thoughts because that's what people want to hear they don't want someone to be sort of silent the whole time and and not bring anything up Mm -hmm. um and be confident with with knowing that what you say is going to be taken on board because it will be um no one's going to you walk into a new job and and or a placement or an apprenticeship even and people are going to want to listen to you and get to know you so be comfortable with that and know that no one's out to get you like <laughs> it's, it's a safe environment and I'm sure it'll be it'll be fine just be yourself yeah I think that's a, that's a huge thing isn't it I think a piece of advice that I always sort of say to, to other students and or say to myself sort of in the past when I had interviews and stuff is that for an interview for example they already like you that's why you're there and when you've got a job, they definitely like you. You know, you're not just there for, <laughs> for for random reason. You know that they're interested in you. Like you said, they want to hear your ideas. They want you to contribute. And I think whilst you need to give the most to the business at the same time, you also make sure that you get the most out of it yourself. Because with a placement, a lot of the times, you know, you are there for the year, and then then you're done. Then you're back at uni. And I think a if you commit yourself shine during that placement, you might be offered employment afterwards. But at the same time, it it helps you go back into the workplace after uni with that correct mindset and that that confidence because that, that's the whole point of placement year isn't it is to Definitely. help you develop and help you yeah the experience is key for your cv but you also want to make sure they actually know what you're doing and it's also sort of a way to test the water isn't it whether you actually like what you're doing so putting the most into it means you get them the most out of it back as well definitely 100 percent. and you know having finished your placement i know it's a horrible big question what's the plan now well, finish my degree, I think. Um, <laughs> I, I know you mean long term. Um, so once I have the degree finished, I think I'm going to to definitely look more towards marketing within advertising is sort of more the route I want to go down. I think having learned from this this placement, what you know, sales marketing really can be, and then the recruitment side. I know what I've enjoyed and what I necessarily haven't enjoyed as well um so going forward that's the aim as well as keeping an eye on how my little side project's been doing as we mentioned in the last pod yeah it's it's a mixture between those two things um but it's given me clarity in terms of where i want to put my sort of career focus if you want to put it that way yeah i, I guess that's the whole reason you did placement isn't it you know it's, it's giving you the the tools so to say and the, the confidence to know that you know you can go forward with the plan and execute it especially you know you just you speculatively applied 
you know you've got that confidence where you can you could just go up to someone and say are you hiring and I think you know you're, you're perfectly set up for your future and, you know we wish you all the best for for me for us um now's your chance do you want any links in the description below yes I, I would love it I'd love a uh a little link in the description so the project i've been working on we've got it in the previous episode is the beatables it's sort of a a podcast and a media setup now we've sort of changed it a little bit we've we've evolved it um you can find us on spotify apple podcasts instagram facebook all the social media sites um just search the beatables and we should pop up perfect and we will pop the link to curtis's podcast the the beatables podcast in the description below for any of you students to listen to but we'll also pop the link to the previous podcast episode four that we did with curtis um that's where we we're talking about actually securing a placement during the pandemic um curtis thank you so much for joining uh, joining us on uh your review for your university placement and yeah we wish you all the best well thank you very much it's been a pleasure to be back thank you curtis take care take care bye-bye we hope you enjoyed listening and picked up some valuable tips or advice. If you did enjoy, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. If you're looking for student jobs, from part-time jobs, gap year roles, apprenticeships, internships, placements or graduate roles, head to e4s.co.uk. See you next time.